Hey y'all, welcome back to Jesus is Calling. I'm your host, Maya Smallwood. Oh, that's so cool. I'm a host. Ooh, anyways, okay. <laughs> um, But yes, welcome back to Jesus is Calling, where we talk about Jesus and we talk about how uh, we can live a better life um, for God and as followers of God. Um, now, don't get me wrong. This is for y'all, but it's also for me too. You know what I'm saying? I, I got to learn. I mess up too. I'm not perfect. Um, but let's, let's, um, let's talk about the elephant in the room, I guess. Cause the last time I have posted an episode was about like May 14th. So it's been a hot minute. It's been a hot minute since I've been up here, but honestly, it was all because I needed to be redirected on God. You know what I'm saying? Like, his plans for me and just being in his word, you know, I like, I needed to adapt some sort of consistency because without that, it's kind of like, it's like, you're, it's, it, it makes it harder in life when you don't have something to rely on strongly. Like I wasn't in my word as much as I know I should have. So I really need to take that time to be like, okay, God, but I'm a hundred percent focused on you. I ain't got school right now. I have no excuse. I never, I, you really should never have an excuse, but yeah. So that's what I was doing during my break. And now I'm back, you know, I'm always back. Um, but yes, so we are going to be talking about lukewarm Christians and the world's assumption about God. Now, this in itself is like a lot. It's a lot to unpack. And it's a lot of questions that people may have or, you know, assumptions that people may have. So before we get into that, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for all you've done, Lord. Lord, thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you for allowing us to see our families, allowing us to see our friends. And Lord, I ask that you continue to show your love to us God continue to show us your goodness Lord help us to see that the promises that you have for us and that you will and that you have kept your promises to us God and Lord I ask that you speak through these clay lips and that you help us to understand your word with clarity in Jesus name I pray amen Okay, so before we start, I want to tell you some things that I use um, when studying the Bible and trying to get a better understanding of what I'm reading. So the Bibles that I use are the YouVersion Bible, which is um, an app that you can get on your phone, tablet, computer, whatever you have. Um, And it's mainly online for both iPhone and Android users. It's free, so you don't have to pay anything. Um, and I also use a study Bible called Discover God Study Bible. It's in the um, New Living Translation version. And it goes um, really deep into all the verses uh, for a better understanding. And those two Bibles will be linked in the description below. Um, I also use a commentary called Enduring Word. And this is also online. And it's free for both iPhone and Android users. Um, that link will also be in the description descriptions below as well as the scriptures that I'll be um, hitting on in this episode. Also, um, for every episode that I do, the 
like what like a little description of like what is going to be talked about is in the description also with the scriptures that I talk about and that I reference those are also um, in the description okay so we're gonna first start off in Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 6 and I'm gonna let y'all look for that real quick and while y'all do that I had saw um, this video and it was basically like um, what if we were like instead of saying like oh I forgot my phone guys hold on I'll be right back we were like oh y'all I forgot my Bible wait a minute let me go get my Bible real quick like I feel like the world would be a lot different if we prioritized carrying our Bible everywhere as much as we carry our phone you know what I'm saying so but yes we are in Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 6 and it reads this is the CSB version but it reads you live in a world of deception in their deception they refuse to know me this is the Lord's declaration and this is such a powerful verse and it holds so much truth because in this society we are surrounded by so many cultures and so many ideologies that will deceive us into believing a perverted idea of what happiness is or or what joy is or what peace is and God says that in our deception we refuse to know him which is so true because the enemy will make you think that the things that you are doing for the world is more important than God's will and this is when we start to become lukewarm Christians and a lukewarm Christian I know that a lot of y'all ask me um is they is seen as someone who wants to do the will of God but also wants to perform and do things for the world so for a very understandable example it is someone that may go to church on Sunday and then goes on the club on Monday um, and this is not to judge but it's to make people aware of their actions um, and being a lukewarm Christian it's not fun nor is it a great place to be in because that means that you share a love that's more you love something more than God and we become lukewarm when we have idols and that's what idols are idols are things that we respect and put more energy into than God and we can see this with Aaron um, Aaron with the Israelites and Adam and Eve um, and with these lessons and all lessons in the Bible it is to bring you closer to Christ the Bible is convicting yes but conviction is also a sign that your heart is starting to get soft. So keep in mind, keep that in mind. So when we hear God's word, it should be um, reflected on and it should change us each time we hear it, read it, study it, and see it. Okay, so um, let's look at Exodus 32, um, verse 1 through 6. Okay. It says, when the people saw that Moses delayed in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said to him, Come, make, make gods for us who will go before us, because this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron replied to them, Take off all the gold rings that you are... What? Oh, sorry. Um, take off the gold rings that are on your 
that are on the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off their gold rings that were on their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took the gold from them, fashioned it with an engraving tool, and made it into an image of a calf. Then they said, Israel, these are your gods who brought you up from the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he bought, he built an altar in front of it and made an announcement. There will be a festival to the Lord tomorrow. Early the next morning, they arose, offered burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. The people sat down to eat and drink and got up to party. My goodness. So this, um, famous story is um about the golden calf which is what Aaron made so after um Israel was led out of Egypt God descended on Mount Sinai to speak with the people um and he tells Moses to write his law um on tablets to give to the people and this was for um 40 days and 40 nights and the people they started to become impatient with Moses and they created an idol so here the idol is the golden calf and Aaron told the people to give them to give him their gold jewelry and he created a golden calf for them to worship here we see that impatience will lead to idolatry you know we may ask God for a new job a new relationship more money or whatever we may need and we pray to him having faith that he will answer our prayers. The good thing about God is that he always answers our prayers. But it's our impatience and doubt that will delay it. Ah, you better write that down. God will always answer your prayer. But it is your impatience and your doubt in him that will delay it. So if we ask God for a better relationship, but then we become impatient, we may start to idolize that relationship or go even further and commit more sin than simply just waiting on God. And that's why God tells us to wait. What, what scripture is it? Um, Isaiah, is it Isaiah 38, 35? It's like, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles and soar. They shall run and not faint. They should, or was it, they shall run and, I'm trying to think of the Maverick City song and I can't think, <laughs> I can't think of it, but it's like they should run and not faint. They should walk, something like that. But that's what God wants to do, wants us to do. He wants us to wait on him. He wants us to trust him. He wants us to have faith in him. Because when we don't, we start to rely on these perverted ideas and on these temporary solutions that will keep us in the same position that we started off in. And God will move on his own time because he knows all and he sees all. You may feel that God should have moved in a certain direction at a certain time because it seemed perfect. But let's be reminded, we are not perfect. God is. He knows exactly when, where, and how we need something that we lack. So here the Israelites 
felt that God was taking too long, so they created their own God. And sometimes we do this. We may feel, we may pray to God and say, God, um, give me, give me a better relationship. Um, or yeah, give me a better relationship. And we may wait on God and we may feel like, and then somebody may come into, come into our life and like, oh, this person is perfect. They they check all the boxes and we say, okay, bye God. And we do our own thing. And then you start to idolize the things that that person has instead of waiting for God. He probably, he, no, not probably. He had the perfect, the perfect thing that you needed. But instead of waiting on his timing, you went on your own route. And then you had to come back to God like, Lord, I'm sorry. I should have waited, you know? So, um, that's what we see here with the Israelites. They felt that God was taking too long. So they created their own God. So let's describe their new God. Their new God was a golden calf. It had eyes, but it could not see. It had ears, but it could not hear. It had legs, but it could not move. And it could only move when it was pulled or activated. And I heard a writer, um, I heard the writer um, and teacher Jackie Hill Perry say it the best. She said that here, the idols are limited. The words make and gods were used in the same sentence of the verse. This means that it's no God at all. If you have to make a God, it was no God at all. Our God is all-knowing, all-powerful, almighty. He was not created. He is not a created being. So if you have to create something, that means that it is limited. Ah, hmm, that's good. Okay. Um, and because it's no God at all, that means that it's a needy God, meaning that it needs your attention. It needs your worship and attention to stay a God. And she goes on to explain that every man is a creature, meaning that we were created by God. So we are inefficient to be God. We aren't strong enough to be our own strength. And in Acts 17, verse 24 through 25, we see that God isn't created, meaning he has no needs. And it reads, the God who made the earth and everything in it, he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by hands. Neither is he served by human hands as though he needed anything since he himself gives everyone life and breath and all things. God created everything to create an opportunity to be known and loved. He didn't create us because he needed us, but out of generosity and love. He didn't need anyone to worship him. He doesn't need our praise. He simply deserves it because of his love, because of his goodness, because of his generosity. And that's the point. That's why we praise him, because he deserves it. So let's let's think about this. What are we putting 
more energy into other than God? What is trying to give you life that is actually lifeless? Are you becoming impatient in your walk with God? And most of the time when we become lukewarm, it's because we are trying to fill our holes that have holes as well. You see, we try to we try to fill our hole of love and we may run to relationships or fantasies of where we are loved how we want to, which may now lead us to lust or fornication. Or we may try to fill our hole of joy by saying yes to society and what cultures say yes to, which may lead us to smoking and drinking and listening to secular and sinful music or even cussing. And sometimes we try to fill things. We try to fill these things with things that also have holes. And it's like we have to realize that our soul yearns for our creator. It yearns for God. Our, our soul is not going to rest until it meets back with its creator. It will always be searching, trying to get back. That's why you may feel like, oh, well, I'm always paired with this girl. She always talking about God. She always talking about Jesus. She she never do what other people do. We, we are, as as children of God, we are to be set apart. We are not to be like the world. We may live in the world, but we are not of the world. Meaning we don't do what the world does. We don't live according to a culture. We live according to God's will. We are supposed to be living according to his will. And the more that we reflect our spirits to desire to be with God, our hearts will harden. We will start to be consumed by darkness and the enemy's schemes. And will, he will, he'll make things look great. But after you indulge in his scheme, you see that one, it never glorified God. And two, it never led you closer to your breakthrough. And we see this in Genesis 3 during the fall. You see, because uh, Eve was tempted by the serpent to eat the fruit from the tree of knowledge. Now, people say she was supposed to eat an apple. Or she ate an apple. We don't know what fruit it was. Come on. Come on now. We don't know what fruit it was. But we know that it was a fruit. And we know that if she ate it, she would die. Okay, even Eve knew this. Eve knew that if she ate the apple. Not Laura, look at me saying apple. If she ate the fruit from the tree, that she would die. She knew what the Lord promised would happen. Yet when she was tempted to eat the fruit. Because it may give her wisdom she gave into temptation and passed it to adam for him to eat as well and after they ate it they knew that they were naked and they hid themselves from god and this is what we do when we idolize and sin against god we may be tempted into sin but we must also know that god will never leave us without an escape route out of it see the enemy plays a great game of two truths and one lie first off he'll he will question God's authority and make you question it as well. That's what Eve did. That's what happened to Eve. Eve even states back what God said about what would happen if she ate from the tree. They both knew very well what would happen if Eve ate, the, ate from the tree. 
And then he goes in and states the two truths, which were that in Genesis 2 and 9, that the fruit of the tree was good for food. And that in Genesis 3 and 6, the fruit is pleasing to the eye. However, the one lie is that the fruit was desirable for gaining wisdom. And we, what we see is that, the, really what we see is that the fruit was never pleasing to the soul. It was never, it never said it was pleasing to the soul. It said that it was pleasing to the eye. It looked good, but it won't for you. Some things in this world may look good. It may look good to be like your friends. It may look good to, you know, go out and have a good time at a club or do whatever. That's the only thing I can really think of. It may look good to do those things, but it wasn't for us. This is not our home. Earth is not our home. Heaven is our home. Okay, and we can't, we can't appeal to things that are originally not pleasing to our soul. Because the, the, the fruit was pleasing to her eye. It was not pleasing to her soul. But the enemy was able to slip in there and be like, Hey, yo, girl, come eat this fruit. It, it may kill you, but you could also gain wisdom. Like, but did God promise that? No, he didn't promise us wisdom. He promised, he promised death. He said, if you eat it, you will die. Okay, that's the same thing with sin. Sin, disobedience. When we sin, we will die. But thank God for his only begotten son, for sending us, covering us with grace and his blood and his mercy and his love so that we may have a right and a title to the tree of life to everlasting life Ooh, anyways so when we figure out the schemes of the enemy and his patterns we will realize that there is an escape route that god has for us and that my friend is prayer it's in our mouth your escape route is in your mouth We'll take it with the with the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel three. Okay, um, who was it? Was it um Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar? He he had made a um, the king at the time had made this statue, and they were like, all right, everybody, we're gonna bow down to this at a certain time, and if you don't, you'll be thrown in the furnace. Okay, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was like, um. I serve the only true God. I do not serve a statue. So y'all can bow down, but we're not going to bow down. And the king was like, okay, if you don't want to bow down, you can throw, you can go in the, in the furnace. So they threw them in the furnace. Okay. Their hands were bound. Their feet were bound. And the enemy was like, hey, hey, I got you now. I got you now. But the one thing they didn't bind was their mouths. And they remembered that they could call on the name of the Lord, my God. And they called on him. And I, that's why I love Daniel 3. Daniel 3 is really good. I love the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But that, it, it's just another sign. It just goes to show you time and time again that God will never leave us. 
What he promises is what will come to pass. He said that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And when God promises something, you better believe he going he gonna to come through. And we don't have to live a life of sin. We don't have to. We don't have to indulge in those things. When we're tempted, we don't have to fall into the, tempta- the temptation. Romans 6 and 14 says, For sin will not rule over you, because you are not under the law, but under grace. And this is God's grace. God's, God tells us that sin will not rule over us because of his grace. His grace is shown in Jesus Christ. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And God is love. God has always been love. He loved us so much that he sent his only son. He sent himself. Incarnated both 100% man and 100% God. Lived a perfect sinful life because he is God and cannot sin. Died for your sins and mine. Rose on the third day with all power. And God has a plan for you. And he is asking you today, will you trust me? Will you let me lead your life? Will you let down those things that you think give you pleasure and you think are satisfying you? When you know deep in your mind and in your heart that it's only hurting you. It may, it may feel great, but you, you still feel this emptiness. He's asking me, he's asking you, will you let me lead your life? He's saying, stop looking to the world for these fillers. I'm the only one that can fill you completely and make you whole again. I'm the only one. God, Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's the way. You may try Buddha, not the way. You may try Muhammad, not the way. Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. And when we live a life according to God's will, we will be able to have eternal life through Jesus Christ. So, um... Ooh, that was good. That, I don't know about you. That that touched my heart. That touched my heart. That hurt. That touched my soul. That was a great reminder. It's a, it's an amazing reminder that God will never leave us, and that if you are looking for Him, if you are looking for joy, if you're looking for peace, it's in Him. True peace is in Him. True joy is in Him. True love is in Him because He is love. God is love. True goodness is Him because God is good. If you need something, he's Jehovah Jireh. He's your provider. If you battle in something, he's Jehovah Nisi. He will fight your battles. Jehovah Shalom. If you need peace, he's your peace. If you are broken inside, he's Jehovah Rapha. He will heal your body. My God. Whew, okay. 
So um, let's talk about some of the assumptions uh, that the world has about God. And there's only one that I can think of, but it's the most major one um, that it's kind of like it, it always, you know, goes back to this one question. And some may ask, well, why do I have to live according to God's will? Why can't I do what I want to do? If God is always is all loving and all caring, then why wouldn't he want me to do what I want to do? And with this question, some may use it to um, because, they're, you know, they're genuinely concerned about God's love and the will that he has for us. Um, and some may use this question as a cop out to do what they want. And let's just be, be for real. We're always going to do what we want. But it's a difference of doing what you want according to the world and doing what you want according to his will. And I think that's where some people are like, well, if I had to do it according to his will, then it's not what I want. But you have to want to want to do that. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like just how you want to want to do stuff for the world. You have to want to want to, I feel like I'm saying want too many times. I feel like it's counseling out the wants. But anyways, it's like you have to want to do that. Like some people, like let's, let's use an example. Like some people are a morning person. They want to wake up at six and get their day started early. Some people aren't. Some people are night owls. Some people want to stay up till 11 o'clock. Because they're a night owl. It's the same thing. You may want to do the things of the world. And God is saying that that's not our destiny. That's not what he called us to do. That's not our purpose. We we are to want to live for his will and do his will. Um. So let's look at it this way. We all have parents and our parents want the best for us um, as their children. And some may, you know, some may not have parents um, or have parents that care for them or love for them. Um, and my sincere prayer is that God shows his love to both of you, you and your parents, so that they may show you as their child um, and others unconditional love. Um, but we have either a parent or a guardian that cares for us and they want the best for us so let's say as their child you know we get mad at what they say they said something that we don't agree with and we go and punch a wall and then we punch the wall again and again and again so that parent that is loving wouldn't continue to let us punch the wall you know they would they would probably punish us or give us a consequence for punching the wall and God's love can be seen the same if God sees that your pride it's taking over you and making you lust for other people and um, your selfishness makes you greedy. He wouldn't want you to keep doing it because he loves you and because he is a good father. Going back to John three sixteen, He sent his only begotten son. He didn't just send an angel or he didn't just send a random person. He sent his son and, you know, as believers as of Christ, we know that Jesus is God. And it's important that we, that we grasp this because 
it couldn't have just been any regular person. It couldn't have just been, or being, it couldn't have just been any regular uh, angel because everybody or every being other than God is imperfect. God is the only perfect one. And because he is perfect, our salvation, our redemption of our salvation is secure. If we just simply believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and our Savior, we will be saved. And the important part is believe in your heart. Because you can confess all day. You confess, oh yeah, Jesus is Lord. Yeah, I know God. Yeah, I know Jesus. Yeah, I know all these. Yeah, yeah, I know him. I know the Trinity and stuff. But do you believe it? And that's where we see it in our life. We see it in our lifestyle. We see it how we react to things. It's important that we know the love of God and his goodness and why he had to send himself, send his son to die for us. Excuse me, I'm, I'm burping and stuff. <laughs> my throat is so dry. Oh my gosh. Ooh, I'm dying. <laughs> Ooh, hold on. Okay. And when we figure out God's love for us, we start to think about our actions. And some may ask, well, if I accept God, can I still, um, can I still smoke? Or if I go to church, can I still drink? Or if I, you know, do all these things for God, can I still do this? And ultimately, the answer is yes and no. I say yes, because when God truly enters your life and when you truly accept them with your heart and when you truly believe that Jesus died for you, died for your sins that you are a sinner that you have fallen short of the glory of God when you accept that when you fully realize that that is supernatural and that only he could have done that it will change in your heart you wouldn't want to do the things for the world anymore because you know who you serve you know now who you are a slave to. It's either you're a slave to sin or you're a slave to righteousness. Right? And it's like, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're not going to want to do the things of the world anymore. Now, we're not saying that once you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you'll have this, mus- this perfect life. No, mm-mm. actually, now that the enemy knows who you living for, he will come at you even harder. And that's when we start to adapt a relationship with God. That's when we, I mean, you could do it beforehand, but you know, when we really start to get into our reading his word, you know, putting our, our faith to the test, praying, fasting, because we, we, we do these things to get closer to God. But we have to do, think, do these things in faith. 
because works without faith are dead. I'm not sure um, what Bible scripture that is, but um, that's in there. You just got to find it. I got to find it too, and I'll, I'll put it in the descriptions. But um, yeah, all that to say is that if you feel that you are living for both the world and God and you feel real conflicted and you don't, you're like, well, what can I do? What can I not do? Read God's word. Now, see how God uses ordinary people for his purpose. We see David. David was a shepherd's boy. And he used him to beat Goliath, the giant. Okay? Look at... um. Noah. Noah used to drink. But because of his faith over time, because of his faith, he saved his entire family and wiped away the entire earth with a flood. Okay, and we, and same with Abraham. Abraham was an old fella. He was about a century old. And made him the father of many nations. Because of his faith and his trust in God. And when you set your eyes and you fix your eyes on God. When you seek first the kingdom. All things. All things will be added to you. When we first seek. I might put that in the in the, in the uh, um, descriptions as well. Because I can't remember that one. But when you first seek the kingdom all things first sink the kingdom of God and all things will be added to you so if you're struggling with that pray to God ask God Lord reveal in my heart that is not of you if there's any underlying disobedience that I don't understand is disobedience or that is a sin show it to me ask him to reveal these things to you because I promise to you he will he will let you know. Ayo, sis. Ayo, bruh. Um, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> He'll show it to you real quick, okay? I'm a firm believer of that. And he he continually, continually wants to refine you and transform you so that when you are battling against sin, when you are battling against temptation, you know who you can call on. You can call on God. You can call on him. Why put your trust in something that's temporary when you can trust God? God can never and will never sin against you. That's just not in his nature. Sin, sin makes sin is a stench to God. You know, and if God cannot sin that means he cannot sin against you which makes him the most trustworthy being that there is so why not try him and if you're if you're skeptical if you're like i don't know i don't know just ask him just go to him say god reveal yourself to me and he will make himself known we don't have to live this way, y'all. We don't have to keep battling the
the same addiction or the same problem the same habit we don't have to we don't have to keep battling that y'all go to God in prayer go to God in prayer ask him try him call him up because he's on the main line I sound like the pioneers (laughs) That's that's what our church say the pioneers of old but call him up and tell him what you want tell him what you need and trust in him have faith in him that he will do what he say if you can't trust him read God's word and he shows you my God he shows you that he is trustworthy he shows you that he has made every promise I give you a promise right now with Noah he flooded the earth and after after you know the water had came down after very very like more than like a few months I think it was a few months after um the water had came down he he sent a sign of a rainbow the rainbow was the promise that God will never flood the earth again have you seen the flood earth I mean flood flood earth have you seen the earth flood now you get some some uh you know floods here and there but the earth itself ain't flooded put that in perspective put that in perspective he will never go against his word because he is the word oh that's in john um is that john one i think that's john one uh anyhow i'm getting off track but um yeah i'm getting off track but um let's go ahead and end this off so why is it important to know what a lukewarm christian is and what our heart desires it's important because we need to we need to know our heart posture we need to know does my heart desire god or does it desire the world romans 12 and 2 says do not be conformed to this age but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Meaning that we must be transformed by renewing our minds and setting our minds on things above and not below. We must set our minds on what God has for us. And how do we do this even when it feels hard? We become humble and we seek the kingdom of God. Reflect over your life, over your relationship with God. And if you don't have a relationship with God and want one today, talk to him. He's already listening. He has been with you all of your life. If you have lost the faith and want to come back or you feel conflicted or confused, pray to him. Talk to him. Ask him earnestly about his will for you read his word he just wants to talk to you he wants to talk to you he wants to hear you because he wants to hear you and lastly know that God remembers you if he remembered Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah because of Abraham's promise he will remember you If he remembered Rachel when she wanted to conceive but couldn't and felt mocked because of the people around her, 
he will remember you. If he remembered his only begotten son on the cross, dying for our sins, he will remember you. We are engraved in his hands. Every time he looks at his hands, a picture of us comes to his mind. Know that God loves you and wants you to return to him as his child. So let's pray and close. Lord, thank you for this amazing reminder that you are God, that you are good, that you are all that we need, that you are sovereign, that you are the most high. God, thank you for reminding us that you will never leave us nor forsake us, that you will be with us from the beginning to the end, that you are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and the end. You know our past, God, and God, you know our future. And Lord, I ask that anyone that feels tempted or feels the desire to both serve you in the world, that they come back to you and that they see that the world is temporary, but what you have in store for us is eternal. God, I ask that you continue to wrap your arms around us and let us know that you love us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Y'all continue to put on the armor of God and guard your heart from the enemy's schemes. Be alert for darkness and be on fire for Jesus. Y'all stay blessed and safe. And if you can't stay safe, be careful. That's just a better synonym. Um, <laughs> I'll see y'all later. Bye.